Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we have six games here on Monday night to choose from. In this one, we're taking a look at the Heat playing host to the Hawks again after they just beat them in the same scenario just a night or two ago. I also have another game video up for you and our player props. So I want to make sure to like and subscribe to that page and follow along with us all throughout the rest of this regular season and into the postseason as we're coming back to you guys each and every weekday. Also want you guys to head to thelines.com. You can check out all the great written content we have up there for you guys as the NBA is in full swing down the stretch. We also have that odds finder tool up there for you guys. You can make sure you're getting the best juice available to you on all those bets you're making in the NBA this season. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into this six-game slate and then talk about our game Heat and Hawks. A lot of back-to-backs to watch here. Um, the other game we talk about, though, the Sixers minus seven at Indy, which is on a back-to-back. Totals of 234 there. Celtics <clears throat> have gone from plus two at Cleveland to plus six because we really don't know who's going to play for Boston after they went to double OT. Losing to Josh's Knicks, he cannot fight back the smile. 9-0 with Josh Hart now. Uh, The Blazers, minus 6 at Pistons. Uh, Blazers are on a back-to-back here. Hawks are plus 3 at Miami, as he mentioned. Um, Totals at 229 now. Raptors, plus 7 at Nuggets, also a 229 total. And then the Pelicans are plus 5.5 in Sacramento, with De'Aaron Fox questionable. Also, Jonas Valanciunas questionable, so we'll see about that one. Um, so, I mean, I feel like we just did this with Miami, the, but except it was a home and away with Philly. Uh, they jump up and beat Philly, and then they go home um, and, and get pretty smacked. Uh, generally, they're much, much better at home, much more reliable. I don't think reliable is a word we would use in the same sentence with the Heat at this point this season. Um, they are extremely unpredictable in terms of both their injury report uh, reporting and, and then their actual play. Um, they've lost now six of their last eight. They are, they have won nine of their last 12 at home still. I mean, Philly is not like anything to sneeze at in terms of losing to them uh, after they beat the Bucks, you know, this weekend. And this is really a big brother, little brother situation um, against the Hawks, right? I mean, they've won three straight against the Hawks at home. That's just regular season. They absolutely... Uh, spanked the Hawks out of the playoffs last year and, and shut down Trey Young routinely. Uh, this is now a Quinn Snyder offense that is running way too much through Trey Young, I guess. I, I was trying to get ahead of him using DeJounte, and DeJounte did have a big game on Friday, a huge game, in fact. But then both Trey and DeJounte just struggled mightily against this Heat defense. Uh, scoring 109, shooting 9 for 30 from 3. Despite getting 30 free throw attempts, they only get to 109. Really bad assist to turnover ratio, and that's what Miami does. I mean, they muck it up. They're not going to give you easy looks. They're going to really slow it down. In those 12 home games I mentioned, the pace is 94 and a half. They only allow 106 a game. Uh, They only score 107 a game. Their offense is not at all impressive, and that's why 8 of 12 have gone under. Four of their last five in general have gone under. This, This despite, you know, adding Kevin Love to the starting lineup, which should help both their offense and the other team's offense. And it just hasn't, um, it it is a bit of a short rest situation here with a third game in four nights. And, and maybe that, that makes you a little worried more even about the heat. But for me, it's just them being home, home favorites. They're they're and and being favorites in general, 28 and 18 to the under 
Um, 21 and 12 the under after a W when when they start to get rolling a little bit here. And, and I, I do definitely lean towards them beating the Hawks because of what I mentioned. Like, they just have their number. And if Trey Young's not going to get going, I wouldn't expect much. Um, and then you look at the Hawks trend, which is just not winning when they're underdogs in general. Um, those games also going under. But they're 4-9 their last 13 road games in conference. They jumped up with a couple road wins at Utah, Phoenix, recently showing something. But they're right back to their, their bullshit the last couple of years, which is just like, they're not winning on the road. Like, no way, no how. You're not going to be able to trust them as if they're underdogs. Um, maybe if they're, like, supposed to be the team, they will. But, yeah, I would not. I, I So, we have a hard time trusting either team in this know, spot. But <clears throat> the total's up. And, yeah. and Josh is surprised. And, and that makes the under even better here. That, that's what I got for you, man. Um, you know, we, we were looking at this game. This is a, it's an interesting slate. There's some back-to-backs. It's a little bit wonky, um, like we were talking about before we, we started recording. And... That that really leads me to go. I I have to pick a Miami game, but I'm I'm going under. Um, and and I, I like the under at 227, and I still kind of like it at 229. I would say 227 was pretty accurate. I thought that was a pretty accurate opening uh lot total there for this game. If you look at the 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 matchup history between these two teams, especially in Miami, I think that's crucial here. And and you you mentioned the the splits for Atlanta, just. Stop me if you've heard this before this season, an NBA team that is way better at home than it is on the road this season. Um, and that's the case with Atlanta. It's, it's interesting. They have similar numbers if you break down their stats. Um, they score fewer points on the road, but they're playing like a smidge faster and they, they get a few more free throw attempts, um, which is huge for them, as we know, because that's a big part of their game is Trey Young playing a pick and roll and then getting free throws out of that for himself or, or other people. And, and, you know, they've got three more free throw attempts on the road. But um, I, I also look at what they do here in this situation versus Miami in Miami, and this is just not a good place for them. It's not a good place for Trey Young, who, despite being a really solid villain on the on the road and, and having solid road stats in certain situations, um, not the case in Miami. And, and we'll talk about that in player props as well. But I mean, in his last roughly like six games against Miami, I'm not even talking about the playoffs, which was another area, which was like five games that they got just completely blown out, uh, did the Hawks when they were playing in, in Miami, especially. Um, but in his last, you know, six in the regular season, he's averaging less than 18 points a game versus them, uh, eight assists and, and a couple boards in there as well. Not really shooting well from three, obviously, if he's only got 17 points making fewer than two a game against them. So I think that's a huge part of all this. I mean, DeJounte's come to life a bit since, you know, the the last six games, uh, Quinn Snyder coming in, they come back from the all-star break without Nate McMillan. And that's what they do. They they play a little bit better once they seem to lose their coach and Trey gets that person fired um, as they've done two seasons in a row now. But I I think DeJounte coming in, playing a little bit better does take away from Trey as well, but it hasn't necessarily led to wins for them. Um, And and the, the offense itself in general, while it's been a little bit better since they came back from uh, the break, scoring 120 a game in that time frame, um, and, and you know still giving up about 119, playing at pretty much the same pace. Uh, I think what they like to do and what they've done a little bit better to get a few more points per game than what they were doing is things that the the Heat stop as well as anybody. Points in the paint, fast break points, second chance points. The Hawks have upped their numbers in those three categories in the last six games more noticeably than any other category that they've that they you know out there for them um that's not those aren't three areas that they've been solid so far this season and that's what they've relied on to get a few more points like i said in their last six games 
the problem is, is the second chance points, fast break points, points in the paint are all things that the Heat limit at, you know, the rate of basically top five in the league throughout the season. They've been a little bit worse over the last six, but once again, I, I'm focusing on them playing at home where they also play a little bit differently than they do on the road. Um, but at least they play better uh, at home, play better um, defense. They play better overall in terms of winning. Um, so I do like them in this situation because of that, or I like the under in this situation because of their ability to play defense at home. Um, you can do what you want with some of the sort of back-to-backs versus the same team this season that they played. Uh, the ones versus uh, Boston and Philly, they had a home-and-home, home, right, where they played one at home and one away, um, and, and a home and away, winning against Boston, winning against Philly on the road, losing at home, which is interesting. This is a home-and-home home where they're actually, they've won most of their games. Uh, they swept the Hornets and the Wizards and the Bucks in terms of back-to-back games at home this season. Um, and then Toronto, they won the first one and lost the second one in very early in the season. This is just a scenario where I think they've got to win the Southeast. They know they've got to win the Southeast and they want to win that. They want to make sure they get into a six seed right now and not have to even worry about the playing tournament. So it's, it's nut crunching time for the heat. And I'm just going to believe in, in them, their ability to play defense in this type of situation before I really worry about them having to win by three points. Yeah. I mean, those, those home home numbers against two division opponents and against the bucks does show you that, that, that kind of, you know, raises their game to say like, let's, let's just show this team that we have their number, which again is what is what they have for Atlanta. But yeah, I mean, I guess we got to 226 on Saturday, despite DeJounte and Trey shooting five for 27. I guess there is an opportunity to say like, well, that's not going to happen again, but look, I don't really trust Miami to score 117 again. Like they, these are two of the worst three point shooting teams in the three point heavy NBA. And they're also good at limiting free throws on the other end. And Clint Capella's in there. Uh, protecting the rim. I mean, Miami can can just go ice cold. Like they had an unexpectedly good game from three different people on offense, which almost never happens. Um, yeah, I mean they they have just twenty two assists per game in those last twelve home games. Just ten threes. Um, there's not a lot of firepower here to expect Atlanta to play the way they have with other teams. Which you know you look at their last four road games, all losses by the way. Um, they they had that one uh, thirty eight points at Charlotte, but one oh eight with a 109 offensive rating in their other three, and that includes the one at Miami. Um, but, uh, yeah, other teams can slow them down. If 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 another team wants to play an up-and-down game, sure, Atlanta will get into shootout, but um, they can be checked right now, and uh, I think Miami has their number. Look, the Pacers, yeah, I guess we see Halliburton's props are up, so he is playing tonight, and that is a game-changer. I mean, covered in five straight when he has played, won four of those games, gone over in four of those games and, and stop me if you've heard this on this podcast before the only under was against Orlando. It's something we say <laughs> quite often Orlando finding a way to go under. Um, look, the, the Pacers offense is really impressive when they have Halliburton out there um, and they have these young guys around him last seven with him, 125 offensive rating, 29 assists to just 10 turnovers hitting 15 threes. Uh, you look at those last four, just the numbers I mentioned, they're hitting 16 threes at 41%. And uh, they've always been a good fast-breaking team. As we know, Philly is among the worst transition defenses in the league. Uh, recently, in their last seven road games, they've, they've also been the fifth-worst three-point defense. But they've also been the best offense. Number one offensive rating, their last seven roadies here. 21 21st in defensive rating, not that impressive there. And, and scoring as usual, the highest percentage of their points off free throws. In fact, 3% more than any other team in that span. 
that being the Lakers. And and Indy is giving up the most made free throws per game, uh, fifth most attempts on the season. So there's definitely something to indicate that this this will look similar to how it did last season. End of end of season, these teams met twice in April. Both games totaled 253. That was when the Pacers were playing uh, at a, kind of an absurd pace and, and, and constantly going over, I guess. But, um, you know, the 100 pace, Embiid goes for 45 and 41 on almost perfect field goal shooting in both those games. He missed their last game here in January, and it still went 129-126 in OT at a 91 pace, which, you know, that's the one thing you worry about with the Sixers, right? You're like, well, they have the number one offensive rating. Let's go. Giddy up. But they are also the slowest pace team in those last seven road games. Mm-hmm. Um, I can kind of break those into two different scenarios, though. There's like the, the three division games against the Nets, Knicks, Celtics, and then you throw the Heat in there as just like another hard-nosed team. Those were played in an 88 pace. Their last five road games against anybody else – um, mostly Western Conference teams or Milwaukee, 98 pace, and they've given up 128 per game um, in that pace. So there's definitely a potential for a lot higher scoring game. I also don't think they're going to be particularly geared up to play hard on both ends here, it being the front end of a road back-to-back. They're going to Minnesota right after this um, before they head back for two at home. So I, it's it's a situation where you have a young team like the Pacers, granted they're on a back-to-back, um, but they just seem to have more focus. I, 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 I kind of lean towards the over, honestly, more than taking the Pacers. But if, if forced to pick a spread, I'm not taking Philly to cover this. Um, Pacers have gone over on eight of 12 back-to-backs. They are 16-11 to the over after a W. But for them, yeah, it's just like a much different rest situation. They have this game. It's a big game for them, of course. Everybody likes to stick it to Malvi and Bede and Harden. Um and they have this game after this game, two days off, then they get Houston and Detroit twice. So it's like, it's almost like this is our Super Bowl type game um, and, and confidence brimming after, like I said, four of the last five, including a buzzer beater from Halley yesterday to beat the Bulls. Yeah. And it's, it's all about what you do with, with Halliburton uh, in the lineup versus what you do when he's not there. Um, it's, it's pretty stark. It's pretty obvious. They're two and 11 uh, on the season. Now when Halliburton does not play in those games, they score 111 points. Um, their three pointers drop from about 14 and a half, sometimes often 15 made threes for this team to 11. Um, you, there's no way they're going to win those games. They're basically a slightly better than 500 team with Tyrese Halliburton in the lineup this season versus not. So you have to start with giving them a little bit more credit than I think we continue to do. We've, we've seen them lose large swaths of games in a row because Halliburton wasn't playing. That's the two times this season that they sort of fell out of contention. They were right in the thick of things um, basically as like a five seed roughly like a month and a half, two months ago. And then Halliburton went out for 11 games in a row. They lost 10 of those. Uh, and here we are. So I think with him in, in, in those 52 games, you got to believe in the 116 points a game, the, even if they're not playing at the 104 pace that they have at times this season, they're still playing at about 102. Um, and then they're scoring by, by shooting a lot of threes in transition and getting a ton of assists when Halliburton is in there. They're just, they're completely a representation of how he plays the game. Shoot lots of threes, play really fast, dish the ball um, by being quicker than your defender and getting into the lane and getting other guys open. And I think they can continue to do that uh, against a Philly team that playing better. Uh, I, I like what I see as far as um, being able to contend right now. Uh, 
but the, the the key is is are they going to be able um to to sort of sustain what they do everywhere um and and in terms of on the road and at home and that defense on the road is just it's bad right now especially in their last five hemorrhaging free throw attempts and and uh and three pointers to the tune of second most threes allowed uh since we've come back from the break for this team playing a few three point shooting teams in that time frame fine but um still this is a three point shooting team in Indiana and, and one that I think eight points was way too much if Halliburton's playing there might have been a little bit of discrepancy as whether or not he was because yesterday he was uh, questionable to play in that game that they won, like you said, on, on that um, buzzer beater. So, you know, that said, like with Halliburton in there, uh, also, I should say that was a really good game for him because he was playing the Bulls and he was really ready to get back at Pat Bev, who popped off at the mouth for some reason because that's just what he does. But Halliburton still with that focus at, at this point um, and then the way that they can they can sort of take advantage of what Philly can't do on defense as well. You get into those situations against the guard like Maxi and Harden, who, by the way, Maxi back in the starting lineup since we've come back from the break uh, where they were trying him out off the bench for a little bit. He's right back in there uh, and now also playing on that second unit as well, where you see a little bit less James Harden, actually, as he's been staying in the game with Embiid more. Another area for Indy to continue to score more points when those guys aren't on the floor uh, as well, especially when Embiid's not on the floor hemorrhaging points in the paint uh, for the 76ers. So uh, Miles Turner, also a pretty good uh, opportunity in these games to pull Embiid away from the basket. Maybe you see some PJ Tucker on him if he plays because he's questionable. Um, but I, you know, and that's probably is the matchup. But still, PJ Tucker getting a hand up on seven foot one Miles Turner is only going to do so much when he's standing at the three point line. So I like the opportunity for points here um, with the way that the, both these teams play and, and can sort of score off of the the weaknesses in the other team's defense. Yeah, you're right. PJ questionable. Tobias Harris also questionable. Um, solid defender as well for the Sixers and. With P.J. out, the Sixers' offense is going to be much better. I mean, say he's not that important in this matchup defensively, but they score 119 a game in the few he's missed this year. So that that's definitely a check in the right direction. This is a situation where the Sixers go over most often, 11-5 and to the over as road favorites. Um, also over more with a rest advantage, which they have here since Indy's on a back-to-back. And, um, I mean, Indy's defense – the last eight games they played, I believe somebody has gotten 60 paint points, whether it's them or the other team, and they're giving up 54 in that Spain. So, and Bede obviously gave them the work last last season. Like I said, 45 and 41 on um, combined 32 for 47 field goal shooting. Uh, Miles Turner, I think, was out for both those games, so they do have a little bit more resistance, but he also gave them the work uh, in game four of this season in October, and he's on a tear right now. He's got Harden feeding him. They've got Maxi off the bench. It's just a really impressive Sixers offense that as long as, you know, we're just almost betting on the pace. As long as this pace is above 95, which the Pacers play at close to 100 at home, uh, I think this total is pretty good at 234. Maybe you, you do tease it down if, if it goes higher, though. Yeah, I liked it more at 231. Um, I really liked where it opened at 231, and I can get the the Pacers at, at plus eight there as well. Um, I think they should be able to hang around, and, and that's going to require offense. So with that game theory, you have to expect points at least you know around 234. I do start to get a little bit worried about that number, but uh, I think this is still a good opportunity in, in for, with these two games, these two teams scoring a ton of points. As long as they both come along to get into the teens here, I think we feel pretty good about it. So, Nate, let's go ahead and jump into our first play a prop here. We got got Mr. DeMontis Sabonis. Yeah, I mean, De'Aaron Fox might not play here tonight, uh, which I guess could move Sabonis's props, but I I think, you know, he's not... It's This isn't really a pick just because Fox is out, although you look at his numbers, 
in eight with Sacramento and no Fox. Nearly 20 points per game, 14 rebounds per game, six assists. Usage rate up from uh, you know up to 23% and, and playing a, a healthy 35 minutes. Um, I mean, he is the league's leading rebounder, so that is where we start. 12.5 rebounds or to get 13 is, is minus 103 is the best odds I found there at Caesars. Or I want to combine that with the points, 33.5 points rebounds, where you're going to like the points more without Fox for sure. You're probably also going to like the assists more. They're going to be playing more through him. I think the rebounds hit regardless here against Nola, which is just not a great offense. The last time these teams faced, uh, Nola had that kind of unexpected eruption of 136-104 win. Brandon Ingram's second game back from injury, and uh, the the Kings were just rarely not competitive there. But otherwise, they they should be great at home. You look at Sabonis' last five at home, 21-13 boards, six assists, 21% usage. Um, the Pelicans are, you know, Joe Val's questionable. Larry Nance is out. That's a key defender. I, I think a really good matchup for Sabonis there. Jose Alvarado's out, which, you know, is not his position, but is going to affect the defensive nature in general here. Pels are giving up the fifth most points to centers the last 15 games, fifth most rebounds the last seven. Uh, and if Joe Val's out, I think the boards will be easier to come by for sure. Although Willie Hernan Gomez is, is tough. He's not that same kind of huge presence. And um, yeah, I think Sabonis rebounds first. And then let's see if we want to attack those other props if uh, De'Aaron Fox winds up sitting. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the fact that um, Larry Nance is out for this. Best matchup for DeMontis. Uh, the only guy strong enough is probably Joval, but Nance comes close uh, and he's got the versatility as well. So I, I do like um, the ability for Sabonis to get some more stats in there with without Fox as well, most likely. Uh, I'm going to go next with the guy who got traded for Domas there, Mr. Tyrese Halliburton on the Pacers. Um, 19 and a half points. Uh, that's minus 105 on DraftKings like that. You have really good odds for him to get that um, the, the 10 assists there as well. Nine and a half assists is plus 115 on DraftKings. So he obviously needs a double-double essentially there. But um, that, which by the way, is plus 140 on DraftKings is the double-double the for Domas, which, uh, or excuse me, for Domas, for Halliburton, which if he gets the 10 assists, you've got to assume he's got the double-double. So if you're going to put money on the assists, you might as well press it a little bit uh, and get that 140 on the double-double there. But uh, he's playing at home uh, in seven at at home since his return uh, from a, from a little baby injury, uh, 19 and a half, basically 20 game, 10 assists, 24% usage. Um, and he's got splits of about 49% from the field, really good for a guard, especially. And then 36 and a half percent from deep making just more over two threes, a, uh, a game for him to get three threes tonight would be a little bit better than even money as well on DraftKings If that interests you. So uh, look, it's about, Halliburton, as he goes, so go the Pacers. Uh, in, in the 125 offensive rating that he's had in his last seven at home, that's the team's offensive rating as well. Um, and versus the Sixers, playing pretty well. He's got five games versus them now, but four with Indy. Uh, and in, in, the, in that time frame on all five, 22 and a half a game versus this team with five boards and about eight and a half assists, uh, getting 37 minutes a game, which is what you can expect him to get tonight, anywhere from 35 to 37. But really good splits uh, in terms of his shooting numbers versus 76ers as well, 59% 
50% from the field, 48 from deep, and then 92 from the line as well. Uh, 130 individual offensive rating there. So uh, I think, you know, on the back-to-back, that's fine. He's healthy. Uh, we know that he's playing tonight. We're almost positive he's playing tonight. You can never be 100% sure until the ball tips off in the NBA. Uh, so definitely want to stay on that. But, uh, you know, assuming that he plays as everything looks like he's ready to do so, it's a pretty good opportunity in a game that we like points uh, versus the 76ers, which we will talk about in that game video as well. Yeah, and I was looking at his game log for back-to-back issues. He did have a really bad performance right when he came back from the injury. And um, I was wondering if the Pacers, when they sat him against the Spurs, if they were thinking like, oh, he can't go back-to-back. But in general, eight appearances on zero days rest of the season, that has actually been his most efficient appearances. Best offensive rating at 139, 23 points, 10 assists, and best from the from beyond the line where he hit that buzzer beater yesterday hitting four threes at 51 percent uh and that Sixers defense as we mentioned in the game video struggling to stop the three-point line struggling to stop quick guards as well um let's get into some unders here Nuggets hosting the Raptors and Aaron Gordon is is a guy we we like and respect for sure but is a case where the Nuggets are healthy and now they just have so many weapons they got both MPJ and Jamal in their last three, and that means Aaron Gordon is is an afterthought on offense, and, and he's mostly um, asked to guard great players, and he's going to be guarding Pascal Siakam tonight. Um, so in his last three, just 10 points, six rebounds, about four assists. He has spiked with some assists lately, so maybe you're scared of the 23.5 PRA, which is what the under I'm talking here, but you get a little bit better odds for just points rebounds at t- under 20.5 there. I, I mean, at home, he does average more than that, on the, but his his averages are down at home versus on the road. Some of that's because the Nuggets blow people out, right? But some of it's also because Murray's more likely to play those games, MPJ, um, and, and they just don't need him as much. But only 15 points per game at home versus 19 on the road, one fewer rebound, offensive rating 10 points worse, usage rate 1.5% down to 20 and it's it's a tough matchup for power forwards. It's Toronto. They have like eight power forwards that they will throw at you. And uh, he, he actually hasn't hit this in 12 straight appearances against Toronto. Ten of them with Orlando when he was, you know, the one or two option there. Just averaging 11 a game, six and a half rebounds and, and three assists. So uh, I think we can take the under here and it could hit in a variety of ways in terms of just Maybe Denver runs away with it. Maybe AG just continues to focus on the defensive end and and he just doesn't pile up stats. Yeah, I've been on this with you. Um, He he had an incredible start to the season only really started to tail off in terms of his stats a little bit since he got hurt, um, you know, maybe like three weeks ago or so now that he's just been nagging that injury uh, for, for the whole, the whole three weeks, really. He's been either questionable or day to day every day for, since then. Um, I know because he's on my fantasy team. So uh, I would continue to monitor that because I, I, I that's a, played a huge role in this but you combine that with mpj and jamal healthy at the same time basically everything you just said there yeah it's not that he's even an afterthought it's just like it's fine we don't need you to be quite the same thing on offense which is why they traded for him in the first place when they got him was to come in get rebounds play uh play defense and that's what he's doing right now so i think you can continue to expect that to be the the priority for him especially as jamal's just coming up right now averaging more than 22 a game or so in the last couple weeks so uh finish things off as you mentioned got a couple unders to end things here with I like this Trey Young under um it's scary but I like scary bets and I, and I like these moments to, to find the right spot to, to fade the stars minus 108 for on fan 
FanDuel for you to take under his PRA. And I'm going all of that uh, points, rebounds, and assists for him um, because I definitely want to get the rebounds in there. But the the points and assists, they, they haven't really come in droves at the same time so far, uh, and, and especially in the last six games or so. So I feel good about that. Playing Miami again, just at eight points versus Miami. So actually that scares me a little bit more than it doesn't because you, you wonder if he's going to be able to go off after getting limited to under 10 points for the first time in a very long time. Um, seven, in his last six versus Miami, though, that's what happens, dude. In Miami, especially if you look at the last six regular season games he's played at Miami. By the way, the playoff numbers would have helped my case here because he got shut down in the playoffs as well. But I'm just focused on the regular season numbers for him after you know Miami whooped Atlanta last year's playoffs first round. Uh, 17 a game, eight assists, under four boards for Trey in his last six regular season games at Miami. Very, It failed to cover uh, the 37 points, rebounds, and assists in five of those six games. Uh, and Miami, why are they good at this? They, I mean, they're, they're good everywhere on the floor, really, but they're fourth, they allow the fourth fewest points per game to point guards uh, and top 10 in limiting assists and rebounds to them as well. Uh, you know, I would say that uh, for, for Trey, this is just that matchup. He's failed to cover uh, this prop in general in four of the six games since the All-Star break. You're getting a bit higher usage these days from DeJounte Murray and a few other guys now that Clint is back, um, you know, and, and playing a lot better. John Collins also back from injury over the last week or so. So um, I think, you know, the only time Trey's covered this in the last six games in general was against Charlotte and in uh, OKC team that was missing SGA and a bunch of other guys. So uh, I just don't feel like it's a good spot for him to get the 37 tonight once again uh, against uh, Miami. Yeah, this is an under you've taken a lot. And for good reason, like you said, yeah, in the playoffs, they, they basically took him out of the series. Um, and, you know, Kyle Lowry is going to be out, but they have plenty of guards to throw at Trey Young. Uh, I mean, it's not like he did that necessarily. It's a scheme and a coaching coaching yeah. opportunity to, to do that. It, it's similar to when you took him beat under first time against the, the Heat, and then we worried, okay, he's probably going to go over in the second matchup. He still went slightly under, though, at 27 points. Like, I do think Trey bounces back from eight points and gets gets 20 tonight. But I don't think he gets to this prop, so I think it's yeah. I think it's fine to attack it again. And, and by the way, on that second back to back versus the Heat, Embiid didn't play, uh, and that's why Adebayo's over <laughs> hit when we took the under on that by one. Embiid uh, is playing tonight and should be standing there, uh, able to play a lot better. Uh, you know, post defense and, and pick and roll defense uh, than maybe, you know, we've seen in the past. So that is all the time we have for you in this one, though. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. Looking to stay wicked hot with you guys on these player props this week. So until we see you next, happy betting. <laughs>